0: Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the CXNest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Inigo Montoya to my dread pirate Roberts. Kevin Garber.
1: Kevin, how you doing? You know, I, I like Inigo Montoya, but the fact that you did not have me be Fezzik is a little bit insulting. It's insulting, but we got to go with the biggest person to be Fezzik. And Also,
0: <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I don't know anyone who's more driven by revenge than Inigo Montoya and Kevin, Kevin Garber. <laughs> so I mean, it okay, fits on I multiple levels. Uh, and I'm not very... left-handed. And you're not, let's In it. And our very own physic. That's right. It's Eric Rodovek. Eric,
2: how you doing? Uh, I was kinda of hoping for Miracle Max this time around, but um it's it's fine. I mean i is it because you I want could... a
1: nice MLT, Morton Lettuce and Tomato? Yeah. Also I could just do the whole podcast in the nice and lean. Way.
2: In the in the physic voice, which is the Andre the Giant voice if you'd like. Uh, <laughs>
0: man, Lots of sex. People are gonna go deaf listening to this podcast this week. Okay, um, so the <laughs> the I wanted to I'm actually start off. Win. I wanted to start off my Seahawks podcast by talking about the Mariners because uh, the Mariners season closed up. They went eighty eight wins. That's making one uh,
1: person in Seattle that wants to talk about the Mariners.
0: No, no. I, I here's the thing. Okay, so <laughs> you still know, have fans. The the yeah they just the, don't
1: have management. Jerry well, Depoto.
0: Wait, wait, listen. Jared DePoto does his his uh, press conference today. So someone posted clips in the Discord, and I was like, I'm going to go watch the whole thing. Okay. I can just not, I just cannot stress wh- how it feels for, at, from a Seahawks fan perspective. For a guy who like watches the Mariners, I love, I love the Mariners. They're like my, I have like a 1A, 1B situation with favorite baseball teams. So like, it's, they're not like a, um, I don't live and die with the Mariners like I do with the Seahawks quite as much. Thank God. <laughs> but but,
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <long> just story. <laughs> story. but the
0: the mentality of the Mariners, where the guy the president of baseball operations comes on the stage and basically says, Yeah, you know, we missed the playoffs, but we progressed and it was it's okay that we missed the playoffs. Is no. such a difference from the the Pete Carroll we have to win every game. I'm gonna die if I'm not winning mentality. That like it's unbelievable to me.
1: And like Pete, the, in the press press conference after beating the Giants, lamented losing to the Rams four weeks ago. <laughs> like yeah, just just to back up him. your co- your thought of perspective, he's like he, I'm still pissed that I missed that one. You can
0: remember that the last rest season where we were not good. You could just tell how bothered he was in every post game like how he just like he just never smiled he just didn't seem like he 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 just like was lost he was like I don't know what to do like I'm tired of this this losing but the Mariners on the other hand are like losing yeah well at least we did a little better we we did you know we were we were in the hunt yay it's like it's just it's like man there's such a loser mentality I just makes me happy that like we have a franchise in Seattle as Seattle sports fans that like isn't willing to just settle for. Okay. You know, that isn't willing to just settle for like, like this team wants to win championships. And I appreciate that. And they are cr- trying so hard to win championships, despite like the fact that I think all of us would have said like two years ago, Hey, they should take, a, they should kind of bottom out for a couple of years, get some really good draft picks. Nah, mm-hmm. uh, uh-uh. not, not, not
1: with Pete Carroll and John Schneider on the, on the tour. It's hey, not happening. Double duty. They neither bottomed out and got really good draft picks. Yeah. Pete's like, I will do both. <laughs> yes. absurd and
0: he sent agent three on a secret mission to get us to get us a high draft pick so i
2: i i, I kind of want to cover this on me and kevin's mariner podcast what bullet is best but um <laughs> it's funny is, I I it, can, is
0: it is it called is it called today old friend with a, and it's just the, the picture is that mo mo
2: from uh what what's called less, what gun should i use and kevin and i just <laughs> discuss firearms
1: and the mariner no. season Tuesday with Moosey where we LARP that the moose has cancer and we have to come visit him. What, in the office. what, was,
0: the one, what was the one where Mo had the, Mo had the sign on his back that said like, uh, was anybody jumping into the oven when it was the sign, on the sign <laughs> <on his back.
2: laughs> uh, No, I think we're lucky in this town though because if you think about it, like the Seahawks want to win. We've, we discussed that. The Sounders. Last year, the Sounders missed the playoffs for the first time ever. That is a franchise that is used to winning and wants to win. Um, the Kraken New team, and they have great ownership, uh, great structure to their organization. They want to win. That organization is probably going to buy the NBA franchise when it comes around. Um, And then you have the Mariners. And the only thing I can close on the Mariners is um, look forward to two years from now, guys. Because in two years, what's two years? What's 2025? What's the 30 year anniversary of the 95 Mariners, the year we won the World Series? and blah, 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 and you got to love these guys, and hey, now, and so. Oh, was, so. That the year
0: we, was that the year we made up the playoffs and won one series?
2: Oh, uh, yes. Oh,
0: okay. I yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, just wanted to make sure that was a, oh, just a normal. Just Oh, there's a banner celebrating we're gonna, it. We're going to celebrate it for 30 years. And it was uh, a
2: great play, and I loved it, too, and I remember where I was, but stop it. That's Knock supposed to
1: be the beginning of something. That'd be like if the Seahawks were like, this is the 30th anniversary of what we lost to the Falcons in the playoffs, but looked really good. <laughs> if only Marino. we'd have beat
2: Marino in the
1: playoffs. Oh,
0: <laughs> oh yeah. If John Kitten, could have got past him. All right. Well, yeah. Speaking of baseball, <laughs> uh, that was That's John Kitten, right? He take
1: that ball and oh, he was going to score.
2: Were, you were so good because I didn't think John Kitten was going to be mentioned in this podcast. In wasn't, it, wasn't
0: it John Kitten? <laughs> yeah, um, no, you're right. Okay, John okay. Kitna. Yeah, I was I was there. I, that's, like, that's like a memory <laughs> because you want to know what happened to me at the end of the game. Uh, okay, so how old was I when that game? Uh, Dolphins Seahawks playoff 15? game. Uh Okay, so mm. I'm at that. I'm at no, that game. No,
2: because I'm too... So
0: it looks like the the Dolphins beat us nineteen to seventeen in nineteen ninety two. Is that correct?
2: Or nineteen? I thought it was nineteen ninety
0: oh, five or six. Okay, wait, I'm going back. This is the wrong one. I think you were twelve, Nathan. Uh, okay. So no uh nineteen ninety six, the Seahawks beat the Dolphins twenty two to fifteen. I'm looking at the all time series, could be two thousand. Let's uh
2: all time series probably won't be in the won't have playoffs, 2, all right?
0: Nineteen ninety nine nineteen ninety nine AFC All-Star game, January 20th. So I'm like thirteen. Okay, and like I just remember like after the game walking and we lose twenty to seventeen. Yeah. I just remember after the game walking, and you know how in the kingdom you had to walk on those ramps? And, and just like my grandpa was walking so slow. He was just unhappy. He was just so unhappy. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's, that's like what I remember about that game. It's just, it's and you just, were like,
2: Grandpa, don't don't be sad. At least we're not going to get smoked by 52 points next week. <laughs> I so guess you're saying so, it's yeah. the
1: opposite of when Speedwalker went up the ramp to catch the bomb. Okay, so. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> Almost so, out reference for the show. Let's go. Let's Thank go. You, uh, let's go. Speaking
0: of MLB, uh, Jay Cuda laid out the last 162 regular season uh, NFL games, laid out like MLB standings. The Seahawks were the one seed at 102, 59, and one in the NFC. Uh, yeah, just another point to just kind of uh, hammer down. The, hey, that just
2: shows how great we are, though. Look at the that. Sustained excellent. winning. Yeah.
0: Okay. Now, we all hated the early bye before the season started. We were like, Ugh, early bye. Gross. Like, it's so bad. Could it be coming at a better time? Seriously.
2: No. Like, no. No. <laughs>
0: There's so like, many injuries.
2: Every offensive lineman had their backup, including the left the left tackle being Wait, the right tackle.
0: Okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> it's in my show notes, but props to Evan Brown changing
1: positions in the middle of the game and still yes. just crush, still just crushing it, still played so good. Like, dude, man. props to Andy Dickerson, O line coach, killing it. Like, mm-hmm. remember when we didn't have five offensive linemen that could play, and now we have nine offensive linemen that could play? What's going uh. on? That's very kind of Jay Curran, but I would I would say he can survive. I said he can play. I didn't he say he can play
0: well. It does feel like survival mode when he's out there. Okay, so yeah, but he looks the- like our old starting right tackle. Like, let's be honest about this. He, he does look like an old starting right tackle. I won't give you that. Okay. Uh we 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 got to three and one. Was this the way we expected it to happen? No, not at all. No. But we all said before the season started, like three, three and one was kind of the expectation in these first four games. And that we'd be on track for like a 10 ish win season. If we got there, do you guys still think we're on track for 10 wins? Start with you, Eric.
2: Uh, I do. I think next week we'll probably look at the schedule a little going forward, uh, you know, cause we got that extra bye week but um, I think it's really going to kind of come down again. <laughs> Previewing next week. We can do it now. I don't care. The next six games. Uh, the next six games for the Seahawks are going to be pretty telling. If we can get through those games in four and two, I think that there's a real good chance that we get to 10 wins. Maybe, maybe even 11.
0: There there was like a doom part of our schedule, but now like a lot of these games are starting to look easier coming off the bye against the Bengals. Not as scary as it may have seemed a few weeks well, ago.
2: No, but total uh, trap game.
0: The, I mean coming off the bye it's hard to get trapped. That's the only thing I'll say about that. It would be a trap game if it was a different spot on the schedule to me. That Seahawks, Cowboys, or the 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles run. That's going to be the four weeks where if we can steal one or two wins, that's the difference between like a winning the division and not. It's tough. Yeah. I hate I hate that we play the 49ers twice so fast. Eric. Yeah. It's like super brutal. So
2: I'm trying to mute myself, Nathan. I'm not having anything to say. I'm just hitting the wrong emoji while I cough oh, it brain's out. Sorry.
1: I thought, you were, I, thought you were, I thought you were trying. No, I kept, I kept seeing this. So, so okay, I'm going to get go. like,
2: Eric has something to say. I'm like, no, I'm coughing. I can't. You I'm On the trying, bright side, like, at
1: least you didn't do the super old man thing on like, Zoom was... where you uh, where you just like are talking to your wife in the background. So good job there.
2: No, it's because we started on time.
0: Hey, I was thinking about the rest of our schedule. So you said Eric, and did you see a Steelers? Matt Canada has burners or something on Twitter?
2: Yeah, yeah, I that's saw hilarious. The, I did see the uh, headhunter that was like, Steelers have tough choice to make on Matt Canada. Was like, no, they don't. What, what, do
0: what's what's the what's the hard choice to make? Like, do, do should we fire uh, him into the sun or into the moon? Like, yeah, you,
2: you know, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not susceptible to the clickbait boys.
1: <laughs> All right, let's Matt Canada, with... least friendly Canadian I've ever met. Just saying. All right, pick a favorite. Pick a favorite tight end. Everyone go.
0: Who's your favorite tight end? Will Disley. Because he's
2: old and I'm old.
0: Dominating blocker, right? Like, just a, he did a great job in the run game coming in. The only
2: problem with Will Disley in his whole career is that he can't play a full season. Like he's yeah. been so good in every facet. I want in the tight end.
0: Yeah, he didn't really get any catches. So, Kevin, that at least fan for you. And I'll I'll go the third tight end in a second. Noah fan, man. Oh, I was a, gonna say
1: I'm willing to go Parkinson. I'm I'm good either way. We can. Heat I'm not pace. going
0: Parkinson. I'm going with I don't real, think anyone was going Parkinson. Bobo.
1: No. <laughs> I'm going Parkinson's because Dominating am, blocker
0: on the outside.
1: I am impressed that Parkinson has developed into a better blocker than I ever thought he would be. Mm, yeah. Like, Fant is exactly what we thought he was, and, like, that's great. Parkinson, we thought he was basically going to be an oversized slot receiver, and he has developed into a legitimately functional uh, inline blocking tight end in a way that helps the offense immensely especially with our issues we're having with tackles being out so parkinson becoming a more complete tight end has been has been a really pleasant surprise he's like he's like better luke wilson yeah he's he does
0: a good luke he's wilson done a lot camps. better he's in a lot better job blocking at the expense of like he dropped luke a wilson pass which i've never block. i'd never seen that guy drop a pass in his life until last week anyway uh i'll go Fant fan then other than bobo obviously bobo uh, out there blocking the block the he is for Hashtag me more bo- bobo Bobo has made, has become something to me, which is like, he's like Travis Homer, the meme, the Travis Homer meme yes. where he's like the block God, Bobo mm-hmm. just, Bobo's just on the outside, just doing the dirty work, just getting in there, just blocking. He's like, he's like the, he's the new block God. He has taken over for Travis Homer for me. Uh, Travis Homer. I hope you're having fun in Chicago with the bears. Uh, <laughs> no one's having fun in Chicago with <laughs> the that, bears. That was low. <laughs> what about equin? They won. No, they, they did not win. They did not win. They went
2: out. No, the other game. orange team won.
0: Yeah, uh, they, hey, it's, it's, any... it's, it's crazy that they lost that game. By the way, I like. They were up like 21-0, and I'm just posting all these memes about like how funny it is that the Broncos are somehow going to lose again. And then, of course, oh, anyway, the, Bra- the Bears have not lost. They have not won a game in like since October 2022. It's been almost <laughs> a year. It's been almost a year. Bad
2: teams find a way to lose. Hey, uh, back to fan, back to this... fan. back to tight
0: end. fan. Oh. Yeah. What a what a run on the sidelines! Like I, obviously on that play, it was like some of the most low effort uh, tackling I've ever seen in my the life. Guy by who, the guy who like tried Giants. to two hand
1: touch him out of bounds and then just was like, "Yeah, that's good enough." It's just like, like what are you, these he, guys doing? Have been so mad if we were a Giants podcast right now. Every
2: every Giants fan, the Monday Night Football did so good showing the saddest fans, like the guy <laughs> in the Luchador mask. I've, I was like I was laughing I'm like I'm so sorry bro but your team is garbage and your quarterback is garbage and your your helmets look good but that's yeah it. And I
0: mean the I love that we are just the they guys are these guys are just showing up and they're playing with these two tight end sets and it's just it's been a nice wrinkle I gotta just give props to the offensive coordinator Shane Waldron and like the whole offensive team they have done a really good job of like figuring out a way to make it work especially after week one. Where I think they they wanted to go in. You know, you have your whole offseason to prepare for this one game, and then things start going wrong. And it's I think, yeah. I think I think like for them it it was like a it was a wake up call. And now they've done such a good job adjusting on a week to week basics to shifting personnel and on the offensive line. And I mean, even Drew Locke didn't look terrible when he came in for his uh his few plays. So yeah. Also I'm not worried about Gino's injury. I just want to get that out there. I don't think that's. I don't think he has two weeks to get ready. He played the rest of the game. I don't. He think moved normally that. too. It wasn't like
2: when
1: Russ yeah, went he, down with the Indominus Sue He looked yeah, a he's little. He'll be on he, the injury report for a bit. That's it. Uh, like he's he looked a little veteran, rest
0: slower, and I, I don't know. Like we didn't throw deep in this game, so I don't know if it affected him what or not. A, but
2: for the hopefully the only time ever, can we talk about Drew Locke and how he was? Sure, go for it. He was fine. Um it was funny. I I had to go downstairs and I came to uh, came back upstairs and I had to rewind. So I was like, "Oh, what happened? What happened to Gino? Why is why is Drew Lock going in?" Um, Drew Lock looked okay. He looked confident, and I think that's the best thing I can say about his
1: performance. Yeah, he had yeah. That nice scramble, pick up the first down. He had yep. a couple of complete passes and a drop. Like he was able to just manufacture a decent drive. It was exactly what you'd expect from a competent backup. I'm going to say this.
0: the problem with Drew Lock isn't. Most of the time. Most of the time you watch him play, he's completely fine. It's just eventually he's gonna throw a pass and you're gonna be like, Wow, that is the stupidest pass I've ever seen in my entire life. This is the ghost of Sam Darnold meeting the ghost of Zach Wilson combined. That's how dumb it is. And it's like that's just what he does. And at some point, like that's good for a backup. It's fine. It's fine to have a guy who can play really good for ninety-five percent of the time and then this throws one super bonehead pass every once in a while. Yeah, that's Completely acceptable to me. I don't I'm not against it. I'd rather have that than a guy who's gonna come in and just not play good, right? Like a Brian Hoyer type who's just gonna lose the game. That's yeah, or a guy I, who just mm-hmm. can't
1: operate the offense. Like Drew lock can make every throw in an NFL football field. He just might also throw it directly at a safety once. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Once or twice a game. I'll let yeah, Daniel Jones. He's good for a couple of Daniel Jones can't throw. Period. I would rather have Drew Locke than Daniel Jones at this point. Daniel Daniel Jones looked completely broken in this game. Like, he just doesn't understand how to run an NFL offense. And, you know, last year, here's the thing. He averaged, like, less than one passing touchdown a game. Who, why were Giants fans trying to gaslight us into thinking that he, this guy's a franchise quarterback? Because no
1: he one, didn't turn the ball over 70 times. Not he, okay, but even if he did that, that again this year, he would, still, he would still suck.
2: No, he, that analysis is so right, though, because... Look at fan bases, any fan base for any sport. It's always looking for that one thing you're never getting. And in football, the quarterback is goal. Like, if you have a quarterback, look how much we love Russell Wilson, even though, like, he can't throw over the middle. It's okay because he can do this and that. Um, you just kind of lie to yourself. And I think Giants fans and Giants ownership, unfortunately, really lie to themselves. And just like Kevin said, I thought, you know, this guy actually takes care of the ball. He uses his legs running quarterbacks are uh, you know come at a premium look at winning teams this guy will put it together no okay all
0: right so let's talk the a little bit more never about happen it's more about the offensive line uh i mean that obviously we're really injured uh got lewis leaves the game uh
1: hains leaves the game now we're down to 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 the bradford's the abs- in Oluwatimi has to come in and play center and brown has mm. to shift to, to left, left guard, guard which is um, rough
0: I think team, he totally looked the part, though. Dude, he, he was like a he real was very NFL good. center. Yeah, yeah. The, only, the only thing holding him back is that Evan Brown is also very good. Like at yeah. this point, like the only thing that the only reason he's not playing is because it always compete. The guy ahead of him is playing really good. If if Brown starts to falter, Olowo-Temi is going to take the job. It's just going to happen. But it might not happen this year. You know, Brown Brown's only on contract for one year. So I, I could see a, a situation where all of takes the, you know, just takes the job next year. And it's, it's completely the guy he looks, he looks ready though. He looked good in this game. He, um, against again, this is another thing is these go, this interior offensive line had to go against like really good players,
1: legitimate right? had, high caliber NFL defensive linemen. Yes.
0: And so it's nice. it was nice to see them uh, do a good, I mean, let's be honest, Stone and Curran, they're doing their best. They are doing enough. It is. Are they good? N- no, no, <laughs> I'm just gonna say, I, I watched the game back, and I really tried to Thibodeau watch
1: the tackles. Whooped Curran. Curran just cannot yeah. do anything with speed rushes. Both he, both he sacks came through Curran. He allowed he allowed five pressures. Um, they these guys and are like can I definitely missed the help block on that first sack. He definitely sure. missed the help block partially because Thibodeau just ran straight past Curran. like yeah, he was, a, he was, like he was a stop sign. It was yeah. it was dumb. The. The the thing is about these backup tackles is uh, Curran is a
0: valuable NFL player. I'm just gonna say it. I don't think he's super good, and I don't want him to play. But the fact that he can back up four positions on an offensive line and do f- a serviceable job is valuable. Okay, I'm yes. just gonna just gonna throw that out there. Like it, it, he doesn't have to be a good player at any of these positions. If you can play four positions at a five out of ten, that is valuable because you sometimes you're just desperate like we are right now. And
1: we didn't have to pay Jamarco when Tennessee came to bid for him because we had current and oh, like the call. extra financial flexibility that gives us is valuable. We're paying him peanuts. He was a uh, uh, UDFA.
0: And I think like we all had a little hope that stone would turn out to be like maybe potentially better than just a backup, but he's not, he's just a good solid backup left tackle. He, his footwork is good. So he gets in the way, but he struggles when they're the athletes in front of him are, are really good so that's fine there's nothing like i can't wait to get to, to get Cross and lucas back i'll just say that that's yeah. that's where i want to leave the offensive line any other offensive line notes before i hand it over to kevin for passing game
1: no uh bradford
0: me oh bradford yeah Oh, he's, Bradford. yes i i love how he was fighting people
1: yeah the dude's uh, just mean like he's he's got a real he's got a real streak of nasty and i love it would you would you say he's a dirt bag kevin uh I would say that if he was is any this... more of a dirt bag, yeah. Jim Moore Jr. would come talk about how bad our kicker is. Uh, is this is this
0: <laughs> a, is this the ongoing legacy of Jim Moore Jr. that I bring up the dirtbag thing once every six months?
1: You know, it's I feel like it's the Barry. only yeah, I was about to say I, I feel like that and like talking about throwing your kicker under the bus are the two things to remember him for because there's certainly nothing else to remember him for. Hey, Who is our kicker Alindo Linda Mare? Mare, yeah, yeah Mare we Mare made the rules. playoffs. It had
2: Alindo Mare not miss that one field goal, that one game, and still after making
1: four or five field goals that game because our offensive plan not like that the
2: was hubris- the worst part of that. Hey man, he uh he never coached in the NFL again, so
1: it worked. Congratulations, <laughs> Alindo, you did it. All right, Kevin, asked you game. He's not coaching in college right now either. <laughs>
0: passing game hit me. What did, what did you, what did you uh, notice? So the passing
1: game. game. I noticed that uh, we were scared to go deep because our tackles could not hold on to a pocket for Gino for a while. Like I feel like the Gino injury um, plus our offensive lines play in the first half of the game really limited what we were choosing to do on offense. And it resulted in uh, in a really shallow game. Uh, so Gino averaged 5.5 5. yards per attempt and his A dot was 6.6. 6. So that is the uh, sub Alex Smith level uh air yards we only attempted he attempted one yard uh, one pass over 20 yards he was over one uh drew lock also attempted one pass over 20 yards two passes over 20 yards is about we usually average between six and eight attempts over 20 yards so we were definitely throwing it more shallow even 10 to 20 he only had four attempts so he was good out of a clean pocket 9 for 12 67 yards Uh, but even then it was still under six yards per uh, uh, six air yards uh, per target and so what that means was it was a lot of check downs taking what defense gives you and leaning on the run game I think they figured out pretty quick that with what's going on with their offensive line and everything else um, they didn't want to risk getting people hurt I think it was a very conservative plan because they felt like they could just kind of you know like put a knee on their chest and stop them from doing anything. Like it, it kind of felt like a uh, wrestling. your like younger sibling where you're just like, I could just like pin your limbs to the ground and then wait until we're both tired. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I thought like it
0: was good enough. The, the passing game. That's what I wrote in my notes was good enough. Uh, well, G- they, they were definitely trying to
2: protect Gino with, from the cheap shot. Do you guys also uh, yeah. think though, like in my, in my estimation, it's the game started like the tempo was all messed up by the by the refs. There were so many calls. There was like that one drive where there were five calls in a row and it just felt like we couldn't get a tempo. And I think that affected the passing game at least early on before Gino got hurt.
1: Yeah, there were a number of uh like medium passes that got pulled back. I definitely think that it uh I definitely think it substantially impacted the passing game. Yeah, it I I think that
0: Okay, I have a question about the the cheap shot though. Do you guys think that um, part? You know, like Arizona's field is cursed for us, right? And Isaiah Simmons used to play for the Cardinals. Do you think he brought some of the? Do you think he brought some of the curse with him
1: into this game? Just th- just something to think about. Just I knew to about you it. were gonna. Bring I this think he's just a because... garbage tackler, and his poor tackling form created a cheap shot. Like, I like how he. Was, what was he, he was going like... to do? Actually tackle?
0: Yeah, no, he can't do that. He doesn't know how. Um, so. <laughs> OK, uh, Kevin, you had another thing about like DK on the touchdown catch or. Oh, yeah, yeah. DK yeah, yeah. touchdown
1: catch. Uh, I love the way that he flashed hands late. So we've talked a lot about how DK Metcalf needs to mature his game as a wide receiver, uh, running more nuanced routes, a lot of those things, uh, those maturity pieces that show up over time. And he pulled a full on Tyler Lockett. Something that Lockett loves doing is he waits until it's too late for the defensive back to react for him to react to the ball coming to him. And so he'll flash hands way late. And make a catch where it looks like he's running a route until all of a sudden the ball's in his hands. And that's what happened on that touchdown route was uh, DK Metcalf kind of ran a corner route. He was over on the side uh, and he was going up against Deontay Banks as a rookie. And Deontay Banks' back was to the quarterback and DK basically looked like he was running a route until the ball was over the defensive back shoulder. And by the time he flashed his hands out to make that catch, there was no chance of the defensive back to react to it. And in the past, uh, he's telegraphed his catches a little bit more and then has to kind of get in there and get physical to be able to get it. Or what we'll see is he'll kind of play back towards the ball. Uh, This was just kind of a savvy move. Like it was just it was good to see these kind of more nuanced wide receiver skills. And the more of those DK is able to collect because he's already athletically a freak. And so if he's able to be as freakish as he is while working on those those smaller nuances of being a quality wide receiver, uh, like that's how he becomes a true number one.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, JSN watch.
1: Nothing Uh, to watch
0: this week. Three catches, five yards. Uh, No, they didn't get him the ball. Played in the slot 86.4% of the time, only lined up wide three times, uh, was never asked to pass block. I The targets were I, so shallow. I just don't understand why they're not getting this guy the ball more, but maybe we'll see it coming out of the bye. Okay, Eric. Well, I know and you he love, did have two catches called back off penalties, if I remember correctly. I know you love hammering the rock, Eric. I, I do. want to go here. Uh, so, Eric, tell, tell us about the run game in this one. Uh, what, what'd, you, what'd you notice about the the dog Kevin Walker, the
2: third, our
1: <laughs> the dog, dog. Anna, the dog,
0: and Zach Charbonnet.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, I mean they, thunder and lightning. It sounds so stupid to say out loud, but every time I watch them, that's what I think. Um, mm-hmm. Combined for 110 yards, both of them. What's funny about this is that Walker got a majority of the carries with 17. Charbonnet only had five carries. It felt like he had eight, which eight? It's three more, right? But in the grand scheme of things, Charbonnet's hits hit so hard i think that's partially because of maybe a higher <clears throat> yard per carry whereas like a uh, walker had what 4.7 4.6 charbonnet was over six um but walker doing the whole uh wearing him down like sean alexander used to do um you know sitting there in the hole letting tacklers go by him and then he sprints forward for eight yards uh, big pickup Can we just book it that Sharpie is going to like
1: shoulder somebody into the shadow realm once a game? Is that just a thing now?
0: He's so good. He just finishes Uh,
1: at least one run a game where he just like shoulders somebody into the third row. Over three point six yards per contact after attempt by the running backs, they
0: were they were good. All right, let's do it. This is what we everyone's been waiting for: the defense.
2: Um, can we talk about the start? hammer next to the game next to the names? Because that's <laughs> this is the game hammer for that. The little hammer, The, the little hammer, the what little hammer. So many little hammers, this, hammers this
0: week. Little hammer. Our five pressures by Derek Hall. He had a little hammer next to his name. Devlinishman played 75, sna- 75 snaps. He has more sacks than Jalen Carter. He was targeted four <laughs> times in the past yes. game. You know, through receptions, he had um he had three run stops in the in the secondary, uh, two. Two sacks, four pressures. I mean, I don't even know where almost three start- sacks. I don't know where to start with Devin Witherspoon because there's nowhere to stop. He is super good. He's and he did best. it on national
2: spotlight, so everyone knows who he is. He's and that makes best. me really happy.
0: He's the best. Uh, the, you know what? You know what the thing is is that people. I'm not gonna say who. I'm not gonna call him out, but people in the Discord may have been uh, a little hesitant. They might have said, "Hey." Um, we don't want Devin Witherspoon to play in the slot. And I think me and Kevin both like push back pretty hard on that, that you can affect the game a lot from the slot, especially in the modern NFL, where you really want to put three cornerbacks in the field in this game, Devin Witherspoon played 60 of his 75 snaps from the slot and was extremely effective. I don't know any other way to put it. (laughs) He was probably the best player on the football field and you know why because slot receive slot cornerback is a position that really really matters now you can blitz for easier from the slot you affect the run game more which is a strength of Devin Witherspoon's game uh this guy is a star and if he's playing in the slot don't let that don't let that slow you down uh or, ma- hey. or change how you <clears throat> feel about him
1: you use the term "star." Uh, that's just at the, name of the, State it's the name of the position.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the position
1: yeah. was called the star position. That's what Jamal ran in College, and that's the template for the safety corner hybrid. That is basically the ideal player. That's the honey badger position in Kansas City. That's um, it's it's a position that a lot of modern NFL teams use because you need somebody who can play the run like a box safety Grant, and Grant can play Delp the pass game like a corner.
0: Yeah, Grant Delpit yeah. is another guy. And the, the thing about the thing about the Browns is they have a bunch of guys who they can switch into that spot, which is like very frustrating for probably for opposing opposing teams. I do think that we want to do a little of that, and I think long term you might start to see it. Like, yeah, maybe we just they use, all to be healthy. Maybe they use Newsome and they they move Wel- Delpit in there. They move Thornhill, Denzel Ward. Like all those guys can kind of play in the slot, and they. That's that's I think when, when we're fully healthy, I think you might start to see that. Is you might see Jamal in that spot. You might see Witherspoon in that spot. You might see Quandre in that spot. And it's like it, it all, what you're trying to do is you're trying to make it hard for the quarterback to figure out what you're doing. Right. Because there's so much yep. when you're when you're playing quarterback in the NFL, you look at the defense and you're trying to figure out, hey, what's this defense gonna be? These guys are standing here, this guy's standing here, this guy's standing here. Let me motion a guy across and see what they do. Okay, they're running this. They're running cover two, they're running cut co- you know, they're running this, they're running that. And if you have guys that are really flexible pieces like this, you can you can be in disguise you can be the chameleon right and now all of a sudden it's like hey jamal's in the slot over here and witherspoon's in the slot over here i don't really know what are those guys exactly doing they're both kind of doing you know and it's like oh either of those guys can come to the quarterback either of those guys can help in the run game either of those guys can cover now i'm screwed it, it's sad we didn't get to see it very much because i think jamal adams nine plays you know yeah, before, before he unfortunately
1: got a very effective in the head. nine plays too, which is super annoying about it. He had yes. a pressure. He he blew up a play in the backfield. Yeah,
0: like, that run stop was juicy. Aw. I was like, oh, he's back. And then of course he gets yeah. need in that he gets need he in the head by hammer. Daniel Jones, <laughs> and he was very mad. He was very mad at the doctor who told him he couldn't play anymore. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah if if, I don't know if you've seen these these uh, clips. He's a little much. a little much, but I I really think they. You know, judging by what they did, he was going to play like 50 plus snaps in this game. Yep. They, he, they were just they were just ready to rock and roll. So I think coming out of the he obviously has a ton of time to recover from the concussion coming out of the bye. I suspect he's just going to play a normal amount of football. The interesting thing is he played nine snaps. Julian Love played all 75. They're going to get these guys on the field at the same time. Uh, Love Diggs, witherspoon Adams. They want to play this Swiss Army knife defense that, we're, that I'm kind of hinting at here. This is what they want to do. They want to get all those guys on the field at the same time and see what they can do.
1: What happened was they watched the rest of the season and saw Bobby Wagner's lateral quickness and were like, hey, let's get Jamal and Devin playing like kind of in the box because (laughs) they have the lateral quickness to actually like run and cover. Like that, a lot of the passing success that the Giants had was on Bobby not being able to get to the outside against like a running back
0: but it doesn't matter. Bobby doesn't have to get outside. Just let him get downhill in this game. 10 run stops. This guy was insane. Yes. My yeah. goodness. Bobby Wagner looking like socks.
2: very close to old Bobby Wagner, and he hits so hard, which is what I love about him. Hey, real quick, before we leave the safeties, Julian Love, it's maybe not saying a lot. I think he played his best game as a Seahawk. Agreed. Probably because it's his old team, and he he stepped up. A but game, I, yeah. and And also, Daniel Jones isn't good. This was like a you know, a, a get happy game, but man, Julian love coming in and just disrupting things. It really gave me a a taste of what I hope he does. If he just does that 30% of the time, it's big things for this defense with everything else we have.
0: Yeah. I don't even, there's so many things nice on the defense. Mafe had another really solid game with the four pressures in the sack. Draymond had four pressures in this game. Jaron had four pressures this game. The team, the defense young
1: looks humongous he's so Mm -hmm. big he's so thick he keeps playing like they they keep increasing his snap like he played 21 snaps he seems like he's gonna settle in that 20 to 30 snaps which for a guy who's roughly the size of a house seems like a good number of of snaps play you see him and you just want to run around so powerful like but you can't because it's like running around a mountain yeah there were there were two or three plays where he just where he create he blew up a run game by just taking a double team on the inside and shoving one of the guys into the backfield. And it completely changed the trajectory of the running back and allowed one of our edges to crash down and stop the run. Like he doesn't get credited for a run stop on that, but he is integral to the way that the run game, the the way the run defense worked. And like, he's looking like a really valuable pickup on day three.
0: Five five more run stops for Brooks, five more run stops for Nuosu. I mean, let's be honest. We're picking on a limited team here. Like the the Giants are limited, but do you know what's nice? Is the defense is good enough to beat up on bad teams. Which gives me a lot of faith against some of the, the lesser teams we'll play as we move on the schedule, like the like the Titans and the Cardinals and the oh, apparently Owen Four Bengals. <laughs> just uh just, just, you know, as we move through the schedule and play these bad teams, it's good to know that the defense, maybe against the good teams, there will be some struggles, right? The really good teams, which we have seen, but against the bad teams, they're gonna pick on them because there is enough talent here to do so. And if Witherspoon continues to emerge, Jamal comes back and plays fifty snaps like he played those nine. You know, the sky's the limit. That this team can really start to push, and I am excited about where it's going. Any other defense notes? There is just, I mean,
2: I mean, we man. can just talk about every single. Player. <laughs> Jordan Brooks, Jordan Brooks came through. Yeah, five uh, run stops. good game, yeah. Brooks. Uh, also, a couple sacks. Um, Two sacks. My right. boy John Radigan, man, he showed up with a tackle, guys, uh, run stop. I am just, oh, uh, they don't even get me started there. Hey, he
0: only got sack. he only got to run defend three times, but he got but he got it. And, you know.
1: Let's oh, talk yeah. about that strip sack real quick. Rich. Uh, Uchida came around the corner. Um, like the defense just forgot he existed. They decided to do a reach block where the guard was supposed to like get in front of him, and the guard was not even close to getting in front of him. And like he got in there, kind of blew up the play. And I think one of the problems we've had the last couple seasons is. Uh, not last season, but the, the previous two or three seasons, we get a guy who got in there and like would miss the sack, like what happened with Ucheno Noosu. And the rest of the pass rush was nowhere to be found. This yeah. time we have, uh, you know, Mario Edwards comes in like diving, like the water boy. Uh, and nice, b-
0: nice ball security, Daniel Jones. Like he's just running, he's just <laughs> running. He's just like, not, there's no ball security. Did you see how many like,
1: very large humans were after him? I don't even, I'm not you, even mad. The guy was balls. running for his life. Yeah. But like, it's like, the, how fast do you think you are? I don't know.
0: That Mario, <laughs> Ed, that Mario Edwards sack fumble. I was like boy, you did not like that. It was bad. It was bad.
1: Well, the Jordan Brooks picking up on the scoop on the move. That was nice. Like just that was a very complete defensive play. Our pass rush got to him. The coverage made it so there was no chance for a hot route. It was just very nice. It was it. It's the same thing that happened with the pick six the where Mario Ed- the pass Mario rush Edwards got in That yeah. is
0: sneakily like the best time we Reed. made
1: this offseason. Two really right. good little pickups. Yeah. Sneaky. Sneaky. It's
2: just consistent. That's what He's, I like about him. He just, he, you, you be, we, every kind of thought
1: we, Eric, it. Eric Wedge would be proud. We got some veteraniness on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Is paying off. You kind of thought we
0: were just getting him to kind of like, you know, supplement Mike Morris, but it turns out he was the, he was really the guy. He was that dude all along. Sometimes guys <laughs> just, you drop, you just drop guys into the Seahawks environment and it's just nice. It just works. All right, Eric, what, you got any more defense before we go to the, the special no, teams? No, I'm, I'm ready for
2: the, the final phase of the game, guys. All right.
0: special teams, congrats we to Nick We
1: three phases on this podcast.
0: Nick Belor was a healthy scratch because he had to fly back home uh, yes. to see his baby being born. Good for Nick Belor. That's
2: one of three things about special teams I want to talk about that's, okay. that's worth talking about, so that's one. Odd Meyer missed a field goal. Uh, uh, I want to talk about DJ Dallas and Michael Dixon, that's it. Okay, okay Michael Dixon, all right. Jason Myers can, can suck an egg until <laughs> until 2024 is so uh, it makes it a, field goal. a career long of 34, uh, is what I saw. <laughs> um, Michael Dixon uh, getting props from the announcers as basically like, wait, you were they, watching
0: the regular Monday night football.
1: Oh, no, I switched between <laughs> that and the
2: Manning cast. I only
0: watched the Manning – Even though it was funny how much Eli and Peyton were rooting for the Giants because obviously it's Eli's old
2: team, but it's That's like – That's what <laughs> I don't like about it. Plus, they also – the window sometimes gets too small, and I don't want to look at Eli's head the whole time. But watching,
1: but watching Eli's face during the pick six made the broadcast alone worth it. That so oh whole I just Eli threw an interception that. face during someone else throwing an interception. Yeah, he, he, like, he had like the –
0: he had like this look a on his machine, like "What the hell just happened?" Like I have no <laughs> idea what's going on in this game. It's so great
2: because Eli did those so many times, like not seeing that 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 hidden coverage and just he
0: was having a
1: flashback to Richard Sherman picking him off. <laughs> e- Eli Eli was <laughs> yeah. solid,
0: but man, he had a lot of picks. Anyway, you were you were uh, oh You're just watching the regular broadcast. Michael Dixon
2: getting all the love from uh, any time he had to punt, which was just four times, but talking about how you know, wow, great punt. That's always a great punt. He's great. Um, they said something I, I forgot to write it down, but it was basically like he has the he's inching towards like the career uh, high average, like the all time. I'm sorry, the all time highest punt average, which I don't think he's there yet. But that's that's crazy. We know how good he is. But he's he number one good.
1: in the NFL in yards per punt and number two in the NFL in net yards per punt. Uh, he's uh, he, on average, he kicks at 53 and a half yards, which is a boot. And, uh, the net is
2: 48.9. I have like the dude, I have the crazy. dude
1: punted it over 70 yards. We're talking season. about punting.
2: Like, that's how, that's how much fun it is. It's fun. Uh, team. I only,
0: I only have one more special teams note, which is that Jared, Jared Reed had another special teams tackle. The guy's a tone setter. I love him so much. Don't, don't ever leave. Uh, you are, you're my favorite. Okay. Uh, many. You know, speaking of the Manning cast, it is going to save us next week because next week's Monday Night Football game is Packers at Raiders, which uh, if I had to describe a word, how I feel about that, it's
2: disgusted. Yeah, but uh, it's Jamal Adams against his
0: uh, no, Devonte Adams.
2: Adams, sorry, against yeah. his old team. That's, that is that is that's the storyline. Wow.
0: I but the man they have a Manning cast next week. Thank God. So I might actually watch the game because <laughs> because if they didn't, I'm not what I'm not watching the game. It, that that game is too it's crappy. Crushed. And hey, guess what? We got four more Jets primetime games. The Raiders are in Monday. The Raiders are on Monday Night Football two of the next four weeks. Okay, here's 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 the thing I don't understand. Okay, this it's is terrible. It's not like we thought the Raiders would be good this year. No one thought that. No one thought that. So why are the Raiders in primetime on Monday night? Because here's the thing: if if you put them on Thursday night, like yeah, Thursday night primetime, it barely counts, right? Like. So, Sometimes you just skip Thursday night. Who cares? Monday night, though? Like, Monday night's the one everyone's watching. Every everyone can been weekend
2: waiting dances.
1: all day for Monday night.
2: That's exactly like the song says, Kevin. Hey, Kevin, I think you can answer this best. Why does the NFL continue to put the Raiders on Monday night football? Uh, <laughs> honestly, I think, <laughs> <That's> to, <it. laughs> I think they're trying
1: to strengthen their relationship with Vegas for, you know, reasons it's, uh, yeah, it's gambling related,
0: clip. gambling related. I think
1: it's just um, the
2: whole like the legacy of the Silver. Blade.
0: I mean it's not it's not the worst Monday night football game re- remaining. They, we got we have week 9 Chargers at Jets and then week 12 Bears at Vikings. The oh, no.
2: Vikings is going to be terrible. Oh yeah. no. I at think least they can I fle-
1: understand why that's a game. I think I'm they can flex right now,
2: 12 to 9 you guys pick the winner. They can flex one University Monday night football Iowa. game. They can
0: flex one Monday night football game the rest of the season. And I'm like 99% sure that bears game is the one getting flexed. Although week 14 Packers at giants is pretty bad.
1: too. (laughs) Um, Okay. All right.
2: They've got, (laughs) they got like the guys doing equations on whiteboards. this This happens every year. Like, I just don't understand.
0: Just put the Chiefs in Monday Night Football like fifty percent of the time. Who cares? I honestly like I, it would be a little annoying, but it wouldn't be that bad because at least you know there's a reason to watch you can Patrick do Mahomes. Four
1: Eagles, uh, four right. Eagles games in prime time like that's easy. Four <laughs> Eagles,
0: four Chiefs. Like let's just okay, that's half the slate right there. We're now we're done, and, and then, then just, you just roll pick, like, down
1: the Vegas uh, Super Bowl odds to fill in the rest. Right,
0: this it's is true. Monday Night Football should be super protected on, because it, it is harder. Get the Browns to
1: out. It's harder Texas
0: to flex. Out. It's harder to flex out of bad Monday night games, whereas Sunday they, you know, you could just say, "Hey, you're playing at night instead of the day." Like it makes that's fine. But if you tell a team they have to play on Monday, you need to give them like advance
1: advanced notice and stuff. That's. I mean, not... let's face it. This was a bad Monday night game. Like, unless you're a Seahawks fan, just yes. like watch it, watching watching <laughs> watching a ritualistic sacrifice of Danny Dimes on TV was probably not your favorite thing. Like, I don't, I don't admit a lot it, but you're people... right. It was bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. All right. Well, there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast like that, but the best way to do so, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest and for as little as twenty four a month, join the Discord. Uh, no post game chat this week. Brett couldn't figure out how to do it from his phone, so we'll get back to it. <laughs> he Okay, he could, but he was like, it's not letting me connect. And then it turned out uh the, the Discord like kicked him out uh, for not being a Patreon anymore. No, his credit card. It, it was that thing. The thing that happens to people sometimes. So anyway, anyway. Uh, the very funny turn of events. Anyway, we'll be back next week. So thank you to those who support the show. Do it all for the Tucci, Emmanuel, Andy, Cooper, Evan, Flocktimus, Gavin, James, Jose, Joshua, Lucas, Malcolm, Brian, Samuel, Sebastian, Terrence, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Crack Snacker 420, Daniel, David, Feet Me on Rye, false, Jay, Luke, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Noah, Poops Loomis, Thomas, Warwolf, brandon and nick and then of course we got to do a little we got to do a little uh, little ad here because uh because our our We're man specifically requested we have been uh we have been uh we have a big donor now uh so dude all Fatucci has donated their ad time though to washington fish quest so i went and watched blake's second newest video uh do you know why i picked that video kevin did you figure it out right from the first 30 uh, seconds is
1: it is it because it calls it a boat goat
0: no. Well, that is pretty cool. But no, it's because of the jacket, dude. Blake is wearing like this like old school, the 1995 Sonic logo jacket. jacket. And I was like, yeah, this is this is my stuff right here. This is this is my jammy jams. So yes, I really found that quite enjoyable. It's cool because he he's in an, he's in like a like a seven and a half foot boat. No, it's not seven feet, four inches. Is that right? And it and it it's it's cool. He's out crabbing. He doesn't think he's going to catch anything, but he catches anything. We get to play the fun game. Did Blake remember his uh, his crab measure? He did. <laughs> so one thing I like though is that I, I just find deny Blake's, the audience
1: the ability to play it.
0: I find Blake's content <clears throat> to be incredibly relaxing. Uh, so yes. like like you just watch it and it's just like you're hanging out with Blake while he fishes and he's like never gets Nathan too worked like up. ASMR. <laughs> He never gets too worked up. He's just like chilling. He's out in his boat. He's throwing his crab traps. He's like reeling them back up. I don't know. And he has and he has nice equipment too. So his videos all look pretty, pretty nice. Like they all look pretty good. The um, audio so.
1: quality is good and it does make it relaxing. Like uh, honestly, chilling by water. Great move. If you ever want yeah. to take a nap.
0: Yeah, and yeah, he, he he says it in the video. He's mostly doing saltwater stuff because he lives close to the saltwater and it's too tempting and I don't blame him for that not at all it is real nice to get out by the salt water we have such good uh we have such good waterways and uh and mountains and and such in the uh, pacific northwest and if you want to enjoy really them here. enjoy them with blake washington fish quest on youtube all right uh we got like t- uh, so also as part of you know being a big donor you get to pick the movie club and we're going to do a movie that i think we've done before eric you said that you're pretty sure we've done oh, yeah this we did like before. three years ago yeah, I think three years ago. Yeah, because
2: Kevin gets very excited. It's one of Kevin's favorite movies.
0: Yolo. I have not seen it
2: since, but a, a long time ago.
0: In honor of the Bears not winning for a whole year, I think it's a very appropriate. I this is why part of why I wanted to do it, dude. It's I want that was my setup. Did you like that? Great. The Bears, the Bears haven't won in a whole year. Uh, I just hit my set goal sitting here, which I think it means I'm talking with my arms quite a lot because <laughs> I was like I was like a hundred steps away when the podcast started and. No, my, wa- my watch, right my watch the- just started oh my vibrating gosh. like crazy. And I was like, what's going on? And it's like, yeah, oh, I have my hey, step goal. I you wasn't get moving. it talking about the Seahawks. Um, but okay, Princess Bride. Uh, Dudolf Tucci said that's like one of their favorite movies. I would love to talk about it again. I love the Princess Bride. Um, and also I wanted another chance to dunk on the bears. So that's, that's part of <laughs> <laughs> just uh, any chance I get. You know um, who
1: said life was fair? What books I written in? <laughs> that's that's why that's that's why being a bears fan review (laughs) yeah okay what's your what's your uh
0: what let's go let's go let's go this way let's go this way favorite scene eric go what's your favorite scene in the
2: princess bread you're Um, literally asking a guy who hasn't seen this movie in like 30 years i i I literally have no memory of this movie really this is the last time we did this movie i don't remember much (sighs) about it except i loved it as a kid Okay, uh, okay. I like Max a lot because I, I probably because I've always there liked Billy Crystal. Miracle Max, um, that's
0: a great pick for your favorite. Well then,
1: scene. if you want to say Miracle for, Max is your favorite scene, because it sticks sure. out to you, I here's that's fair. the thing.
2: I guess, but I kind of have to think. Of, you know what? I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to go the beginning with what is it? Peter Falk rubbing his eyeball, telling the story. <laughs> that's <laughs> See, what that's... drew me in as a kid, honestly, because I was like, it, it had that never-ending story vibe to it. Uh-huh, and I was uh-huh. like, and I saw that first, and I was like, oh, I wonder if this is gonna be as good. And uh I guess Kevin's gonna crucify me for this. It was in a different way.
0: Um when <laughs> I was a when I was a kid, my favorite scene was the scene with Wallace Sean where they're doing the the poison yeah With the poison cups and stuff. I I just that just like really did it for me. As an adult, I think I think actually I'm with you, Eric. The Miracle Max stuff was, 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 it's way just so funnier. funny. And it was like,
2: as a kid, it made me laugh. Although I, I don't think I really well, got it. And
1: the way that they're the arguing, the way gators, that they're, so arguing, <laughs> the way that they're
0: he- arguing, I think is what works for me as an adult that is now married as opposed to when I was a kid. <laughs> yes. The way that the, they're arguing is like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is, this is perfect. And-
2: Although I haven't seen the movie in a while, there's I always see like scenes. You know, on social media, people play scenes, and those are always the scenes you see.
1: And I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. (laughs) But that's what you said. I'm not sure I want to do that anymore. (laughs) And then at the end, when they're like lovingly hanging on each other, and like have fun storming the castle. Do you think they'll be successful? It would take a miracle. Like the whole interplay between those two characters, where like they're they're uh, it's that whole like we're the only people allowed to talk smack about each other vibe that you get from them where it's a rehash of old arguments but in like such a loving way it's banter it's deli- it's delightfully banter and clearly banter
0: um all right kevin do you have a favorite scene that we haven't mentioned yet
1: oh man uh that's difficult because about, I like the how whole about movie a lot. how
0: about the scene where the guy is
1: torturing him <laughs> and oh the- <laughs> which is supposed just- so to be torture been tortured before yeah uh Gosh, you know, actually I'm gonna go with uh it's the sword fight. Okay. It's the the sword fight between uh Wesley and Eagle Matoya is uh is excellent because the banter. It's there's a lot of movies that have good sword fights, and the sword fighting in this is good. Like if you ever see any of the behind the scenes stuff, they trained quite a bit to be able to do it and they do it really well. Um but yeah, it's it's the cheekiness. It's it's that whole like and he goes like, you know, job's a job. Like it's nothing personal, like uh, no good. I've known too many Spaniards for tossing down the rope. Uh, you know, I hate waiting like that whole back and forth the way that it starts and everything where there's there's no blood blood. There's no hard feelings. It's just, you know, we each got to do what we got to do. It's 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 um, it reminds me of the old Looney Tunes with the sheepdog and the wolf. That like punch the clock <laughs> on the way in and out, like it's 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 like this impassioned fight scene equivalent of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really I really like the scene where Inago kills kills Rugen too. Where that's where he, so good. Where he like he yeah he like has the comeback of the century and uh, and defeats him, kind of overcomes the odds. John goes full John Cena. Um,
1: yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, he, I I want my father back. You son of a bitch is like a eleven out of ten revenge line. Yeah, it's pretty pretty awesome. Um, there's a lot also of good cheeky lines. This movie in this, has though. this movie.
0: Yes, the, there's a lot of good lines. In the movie. The the best one is the last one. The where, <laughs> where he asks him to read the story again tomorrow, and the the yes. dad, grandpa says, "As you wish." That, that's like <laughs> a that's like a banger end of the end of a movie Uh,
1: Uh, uh, i wasn't worried i was concerned that whole thing during the uh shrieking eels, and then he intentionally starts reading in the wrong part and the kid corrects him and he's like oh yeah i'm sorry and you just see that like knowing grandpa smirk of like yeah you're you're totally in on this book
0: (laughs) um i also i just love christopher guest I just put oh, him so put good. at he's like just a good actor. Put it. He can be in anything as far as I'm concerned.
2: Definition um, of a character actor.
0: Yes. He's just a great guy.
1: And character he's
2: always actor. so funny. Just yeah. naturally.
1: Just does like such a great job. So I love. And he plays character. such a good uh, sociopath in like in a kid's in, in what's honestly one of the greatest date movies of all time, but also what's largely considered to be like a family slash kids movie. This mm-hmm. guy is a full on sociopath. And it is not even remotely like hidden like the, the whole uh, uh, the device or the machine or whatever, the torture rack that he has Mm -hmm. um, when he's like explaining what it does in such a detached way. And it's like, that's low key. That scene gets more and more horrifying. The older you get when you're like, Mm -hmm. God, this guy was just sick in the head. (laughs) It's it's really good acting. I mean, there's so much, there's so many
0: things in this movie that are, are good and perfect and I just, I just think the, the biggest thing is that this movie has the ability to just capture, um, it captures something like that. Mo- movies have a really hard time with this, where it's just the movie captures a, like a feeling, like there's an um, emotion kind of attached to the movie. There's this whimsical feeling that is really, really hard to get. And like Eric said, it might be because of the the grandpa reading the story to his grandson, like framework around the movie that gives it that
2: sense of like. um, I I think it's magic, Nathan, because like the whole the whole plot of the movie is obviously like, you know, a, a fantasy kingdom and all that. But the whole bedtime story, it's like the magic used to feel as a kid. And as a kid, I felt that watching it. And I think that's what sticks with me. The magic.
1: That fairy tale feeling, I think, is something that uh like that's just something Hollywood hasn't done very well. When I think about movies that have been able to capture a similar vibe, they're they're few and far between. Um Whimsical Adventure, like if uh Stardust based on the Neil Gaiman book, like that's mm. that that comes somewhat close. And um De Niro plays a gay sky pirate, which is just amazing. Uh if you haven't seen that, that movie's that movie's kind of a treat. But like I feel like, in general, uh, whimsical fantasy and adventure is a genre that we just don't have a lot of good movies in. Like, that's a, that's that's one of the areas that books have far outpaced movies and continued far outpaced movies. Yeah, and there's always rumors that this movie's going to get remade.
0: And my uh, big suggestion for that Ooh. would be, don't. You know they're just going to, like, sanitize it and, like, make it just so... It... And uh, Mandy think, Ma- Mandy
2: Patinkin is going to come in and play Miracle Max or something. Yeah,
0: it's just going to be weird, and I, I'm not going to like it. you so think Mandy Patinkin's lie.
2: career is because of this movie? Hmm,
0: I don't. Did, know, did we get Dave Batista to play uh, uh Andre the Giant's character because it's going to have No, be get Dave like Batista. That. Dave Batista and Mandy Patinkin should be the same thing because they both love wearing tiny glasses. So that, <laughs> that's, that's like a perfect. That's a perfect match. We got to make a Nega Montoya, I guess. <laughs> all right, I don't, I don't really have much much else to say. Uh, the mostly dead thing is, I think my favorite, my favorite, uh, like singular line thing in the thing. Uh, I, I bring it up all the time. It's like my favorite, most quotable part of the movie for me. Uh, this uh, one thing I love about this movie is it kind of. It, another thing I like is it harkens back to a different era where a movie could release and find footing in like rentals which is something nowadays it's like a movie can release fail and it finds its footing on like if it gets on Netflix right or if it gets on a streaming service this movie did the same thing like it was like initially not a great not a box office hit made 30 million dollars off a 60 million dollar budget probably just broke even but it killed in uh in you know in DVD and stuff so anyway it's on Disney Plus if you've never seen this movie do yourself a favor stop what you're doing um, pull over your car and just watch it right now. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's good. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna be sad. Um, do you guys
1: watch so, it with your I'm, wife? Watch it with your kids? Watch it with like whatever? Like that's the thing is it's such an accessible movie that you can enjoy in a lot of different ways.
0: Okay, do you guys have another movie that you feel like this is my last question I have, and it's it's a difficult one. But do you have another movie that that kind of fits this kind of feeling that has this kind of like whimsical fantasy uh feeling? And I'll go first so that that I don't – that kind of gives you that same kind of feel-good thing. For me, the movie that that reminds me the most of this – you guys are going to think this is weird. I can already – I already know. You guys guys ready for this? The movie for me is directed by Penny Marshall and it's big. There's something like very like uh, whimsical fantasy about big to me. I I don't think it's quite as good a movie as The Princess Bride, but I love big. It's so sweet and it's like um, – it's so funny. And the, a little – some of the comedy is like mildly horrifying, which is I think like, you know, it's good. It's good. It's a big step. So yeah, I like it. I like it, the movie, the movie a lot. biggest really fun and it's a
2: really – Oh, I got one. Go for it. Cocoa. Coco's a great pick, dude. It just popped I, in my eye. I was like uh, racking my brain, and I was like, don't think about 80s movies because, you know, never any story came to mind, but it's it's different. And it's it's also like I feel like it's, it's not the same movie, but it's the same movie. And I was like, what's recent? What's recent anything? And I was like, what cartoons? And then I was like, ah, animation. Coco, perfect.
0: Coco is perfect for this, too, because it's whimsical. It's fun. Um, also, I give – I don't cry very easy on movies, so I give any movie that makes me cry a five. And so Coco's a five for me. Um, If you can get that kind of emotional reaction out of me, like it's a, it's a straight five. I don't, I unless the movie is like poorly put together or something, and uh, that that movie rules. I'm with you, Eric, hundred percent.
1: That's a good one. I thought of a couple animated movies too. Uh, I think Studio Ghibli comes up with a lot of like Whispers of the Heart. Mm -hmm. Um, has a lot of that feel. Kiki's Delivery Service, I think, has a lot of that like whimsical positivity. Um, but I I wanted to stray away from that because we talked about that a lot of time. Oh, so I'm going to talk about another movie we talked about quite a bit, but just a live action movie that brings that in. um, Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have like magic magic, but it has that same like, uh, you know, in this case, it's not looking for true love in the form of uh like a significant other. It's it's searching for family, and two people who aren't the type to be able to find family, find family despite the odds.
0: I love and the it Other has that sense of adventure. And this is a very Kevin pick because it's probably like a little too edgy to really fit in the, the genre perfectly, which you tend to do. You always pick like a movie. That's <laughs> like, like you're like, Oh yeah. Comfort movie dread. Anyway, so, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, for that's, uh, that's about it. And then we'll wrap it up for, uh, for Kevin, for Eric, we will see everyone next week. Uh, go Hawks.